Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Hello and welcome to Slamfire Radio. This is episode 299 for April 11th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel Michaud. I'm another one, Trevor Frolot. And I'm another one, Kelly Lynn. And we have another one that might show up in the bit here. That'll slacker. be Slacker. Slacker. He was sleeping. McFly. In. We should, we should change his homework. We should change his name to McFly because he's a slacker, just like his old man. McFly. Fly. There we go. He's updating the it's in the it's in the show notes. So well, now it's, uh, now. it's like totally yeah, leaving yeah. the Biden. Yep. He has yeah, to be introduced as McFly now. Yep. Make sure to yell it when he comes on. Yeah. <laughs> McFly. McFly. <laughs> you're a slacker, McFly, just like your old man. <laughs> All right. So, we got it. Okay. I was gonna say, so who does that make you if you're saying you're a slacker just like your old man? The bald principle. Duh. Okay. <laughs> and not not up on your Back to the Future references, huh? Yeah, but no, isn't that uh, Bert or Burf? What is his name? Biff. Biff, that's it. Are you Biff? No, oh. Biff says hello, McFly. Tap that oh, tap on the head. Yeah, yeah. Man. And then he can become this bald and fat later in life. Of course, later Probably. in life. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he was he wasn't bald in his. Hey, can we move on? Yes, yes. <laughs> let's let's please move on. All right. What we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, right now, they're clearing out loophole scopes. Loophole? Leopold? Leopold? Oh, please don't say Leopold. Leopold. Loophole. King Leopold the third. The VX third uh, scopes is what they're selling over there. Uh, <laughs> they're knocking off about uh, from the looks of it, about a hundred or two or three or four, depending on how expensive they are. So. Uh, go check out check their clearance on loophole scopes. Uh, Trevor, did you want to start us off with uh, what you did in guns this week? Yes, please. Um, I was at Denise, what, like last Friday and last Saturday, and again mm-hmm. on Monday, um, doing some parkerizing. So the long branch I bought a couple of weeks ago, or yeah, probably like almost a month or more now, anyway. Um, for the listeners that follow me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram. It uh, they will be aware of the mill work that Captain Andy did to the receiver. It came with a. It was cool. It was a complete long branch, a military police long branch. By the way, how cool is that? I probably mentioned that a hundred times already, but whatever. I also open carried in Utah once. So, um, Captain Andy plugged the holes that were poorly drilled into the receiver and blended them so that they were seamless. And I took it to Denise to get all of the metal bits um, and the barreled receiver uh, parkerized. So I did that. And about a year ago, actually exactly a year ago, I looked at the date I put on the tag. I brought Captain Andy's number five Lee Enfield, also known as a jungle carbine, to Denise to refinish because unfortunately it rusted while it was left in his truck. And he, ooh, he probably didn't want me to tell anybody that. Uh, Anyway, Captain Andy let a gun rust. What are you going to do? It's out there now. And uh, so I felt awful 
uh, and offered to reason that on the on the uh, in the Atlantic provinces, uh, guns just instantly rust unless you're they're like slathered in oil. So it's just sea air and sea water just pouring over everything all the time. As dry as the Sahara is, Atlantic Canada is wet. So yes, that's right, Adriel. If you don't keep them constantly covered in cosmoline or ballastol, they rust instantly. That's true. It's a scientific fact. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, so we did those and mistakes were made. Unfortunately, I forgot a piece. I forgot the front barrel band on top of the uh, shelf next to the polishing wheel. Um, I was just going to sandblast everything. There was some pitting that was really bad and we never intended to completely remove all that pitting. We were just going to blend it and sandblast it and park rise and call it good. He was not after like a complete restoration. We just wanted to get the rust off and put a new finish on it. That's that's he was fine with that level of, you know, uh, repair. So, um, while I'm polishing one part on the polishing wheel, probably the barrel, uh, I've got the barrel band or the handgun band on a shelf and it gets hot. So you put it down and you let it cool. And then you work on another part and it gets hot. You put it down and you let it cool anyway. So I forgot that one piece. So we parkerized everything for my long branch for his number five, except for that one piece. Well, we're not going to heat up the parkerizing tank again, just for one piece. I mean, that would be ridiculous. It would probably take a full 45 minutes, right? So I use that as an excuse to bring in my, um, M1 Garand in 308. So I built this at uh, Buddy's place, and the barrel didn't work out because it didn't pass the no go 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 gauge. And so the other gunsmith that I uh, who does work for me, Filthy's Buddy, who built my M1 Garand and did some accurizing work to my M14, uh, he tipped me off to a Canadian retailer that had M1 Garand barrels in 308 in stock for 100 or so less than the other one i was looking at i was looking at aztec armory they had them for 280 us it's a canadian site but their prices are in us mm-hmm. it came exactly to 308 which was kind of funny i thought and then um once the conversion stuff was done it was it was almost 400 bucks it's getting crazy and so tradex actually had a different brand these were citadel barrels the other one was criterion and Criterion, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is what's on my 30 out six. So anyway, I brought all that to Denise and sandblasted it all, and um, we're going to parkerize that at the same time. So the receiver and the barrel or uh, all the metal bits are all going to match, and it's in a new Boyd stock, so um, it should look pretty sharp. It's going to be um, looking like a brand new, fresh off the line Garand. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, only I did do one thing, full disclosure, I'm not a gunsmith, but I often pretend to be one and, uh, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes you forget stuff from lack of experience. I obviously, you know, when you sandblast a barrel, you got to plug the, the breech and you got to plug the muzzle, but I forgot to plug the gas port and there's this, yeah, special kind of tape you wrap around the gas port and then you start sandblasting. And that was almost done the job when I realized that mistake. So I don't know. Did I destroy the rifling in that area? And what's know. what's the sandblasting going to do to the seal? Uh, that, oh, probably nothing actually. Yeah. I yeah. just I could have made the port larger, the sandblasting, right? I could have made it out of spec. I don't know. It's not sand. It's aluminum something or other. It's like a hundred dollars a bag, or it's or more. It's uh, not cheap stuff, but it's not mm-hmm. sand. So I'm calling it sand, but it's not sand. It's aluminum. Was it? Were you bead blasting it? No, it was, it's in a no. sandblasting tank. You know. With, mm-hmm. 
So anyway, no, but um, I mean, like bead, like bead is like this uh, glass no. bead kind of a thing. No, no, that's a little bit less abrasive, and I've I've done a couple of guns like that, and it 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 puts them in the white like you've got there, but it doesn't mm. uh, take off as as much material as sandblasting. Mm. Okay, it takes longer yeah. though. Yeah, mm. this takes long too when the hose and hooks. You know, realize you're just blowing air in your parts because you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> man why isn't it doing anything you know i i like the look of uh of a blasted and parkerized gun it's uh it's especially that uh, that manganese park there yeah uh, that, that grayish stuff i think it looks good on like on like a military m14 or or something like that uh yeah. or or in 1911 i think it looks great well that's what my um that's what uh, my M my M1 Grand and 308 is going to look like, and that's what my Long Branch looks like. So you guess Sweet. you'll be happy yeah. with those guns, yeah. So and it's easy it's easy enough to hide like rust damage uh, with that because it it, it puts it's a not... super matte finish on it, right? Yeah, yeah, it does hide pitting fairly well. So you got to look hard to find some damage, but you know the markings are still there perfectly. The 1943 Long Branch, the M and P, it's it's all still there. So. Um, and then I got to work, uh, finally, and hopefully I'll continue here, get some motivation and get these things finished. Um, I started building the stages for SummerSlam using that 3d kit of mine. So I got the first four stages done and I was kind of worried about submitting them for sanctioning because with the drawing, I can, I can actually add, you know, uh, I can label my targets T1, T2, T3, P1 for popper one MP for mini popper. Right. So, um, you take a photo and then you've got to open the photo in some kind of software where you can do the same thing. Um, so that's what I did. I actually used the same software that I used to use before to design my stages. It's software that runs smart board in my classroom. It's called smart notebook. And um, my stage descriptions are created in there as well. Like the box with all the text, so, you know, start position, fire, I'm ready condition, number oh, of rounds. Cool. Yeah. 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 So that's already in the template. And then I delete all the old stuff, which was like Photoshop stuff or Microsoft Word stuff that was copied and pasted in there. Like, you know, like little images of your targets and your, your mm -hmm. props and stuff. Delete all that and insert the photo I took on my phone of the stage I designed using these 3D things. And then I can in superimpose text on top of the image. So target one, target two. And so, you know, if I want to tell the the shooters and the people sanctioning these stages that popper two activates swinging target t3 well above the prop i've superimposed a t3 above cool. that popper i've imposed you know so it's working out great i just gotta finish them now so um what else oh i'm also working on um getting everyone registered for black badge so anyone who registers for black badge in new brunswick yay me i get to uh I got to do the registration. So uh, the reason why we're doing it this way is to expedite the paperwork that the instructors have to deal with both before and after the course. So anyone anywhere in New Brunswick wants to shoot a black badge, they email Ipsic New Brunswick and say, I'd like to shoot a black badge. So I fire them off uh, an introduction to what the black badge is, what it costs, the prerequisites, all the information they need to know prior to signing up as well as a registration form for the black badge and an Ipsic New Brunswick membership application. All right. They get all that. If they're on board, they send me back 150 bucks and they send me the registration form and the Ipsic membership. 
-hmm. And then I send them a confirmation letter pertaining to the specific course that they're taking. You'll be at Chaz. Your lead instructor will be Adriel. The classroom portion will take place on this date at this location from this time to this time. The qualification drills will take place on Chaz's range Saturday at this time, this time. Sunday, there'll be a level two match from this time to this time, and then you're done. Go away. See you on the range. So I do that for every class. And then the next part of the process is each of the classes has a different date. So each of them has a different deadline. So two weeks prior to the commencement of the course, I will then forward all this information to the instructors. They will then create the certificates, order the pins, and that's it. They already have their manuals. They already have their black badge. Uh, they already have the black badge manuals to give to the students. They already have the rule books that they need. They just got to show up with that stuff, put on the course, and then teach on the range the next day and organize a level two match and Robert's your father's brother. You're not cool. Can you say the line? I'm sorry. Which line? Matthew's here. Oh, McFly. You slacker. There we go. <laughs> you're a slacker McFly. Just like uh, your old man. All right, cool. Here I am. Finally. It, right. it sounded so much funner <laughs> when we rehearsed it a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. We, we spent a lot of time talking about it a lot more than I'm, the, I'm glad it went poorly that. then. <laughs> it went super poorly. You know, you're late because you're a slacker. You're a slacker like your old man, McFly. Your nothing new name nothing McFly. like the slacker who forgot his laptop at work today, though. Oh, Was I on time? Was <laughs> I, on time? Was, was I, I don't on care time? about whether you're on. Where's your video? Let me see your video. I can't show you my video. I'm reading my show notes. <laughs> so anyway. Also um, planning a CRO course and an RO course. The CRO course is this weekend. The RO course is the weekend after that. So I'm preparing the materials for those. And um, also planning the inaugural, well, I guess it's a pilot course of CCFR's new RSO program. So we talked about it before and people started like freaking out. Like apparently um, Sean, some Sean guy, I can't remember his last name, some guy from Saskatchewan. Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't really know him, but uh, he's getting asked about no, it. You can't see me raising my hand. Go ahead. So anyway, um, people heard us talk about it on the show and now, and now they want in. So, you oh, know, okay. patience, this is the pilot course. Then we got to finalize our registration process and our certificates and all that stuff. And then, um, the, the, uh, the Sean guy, myself, and Greg Weiss, we're not going to be teaching the classes. We're going to be teaching the instructors. They will then go oh, and teach okay. the classes. So okay. it's, a little, it's a little ways off, right? We're going to be the master learning facilitators. We're going to train learning facilitators. They're going to train range safety officers. So I really appreciate everybody's enthusiasm. Please continue to be patient as we work through the process of developing this course. Uh, if you are a... CCFR field officer in anywhere and would like to sit in on the course to become the first group of trained CCFR RSOs, we do need people to teach. So um, we are we are opening up this to, our, you know, it's free to a CCFR field officer who wants to take it. So we got a couple coming. So it's a school. Gallon's coming, which is nice. Um, oh, you know, I bought if you, two guns. If you let Gallon in, you'll let anyone in. That's not true. Some people are even told it's sold out in full because it is. If you're the wrong person asking me, <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Like fire me, please. Um, yeah, I bought two guns. So there's that. What'd you buy? I bought a 590 A1 Mariner. So it comes in this cool. So it's, it's, the, it's all, it's 590 A1 Mariner flex. 
Do you use so it in, I'm, like in the marine, like in the in a marine environment? Absolutely, it will not function anywhere else. You have to be in a dinghy. You have to be shooting pirates, seals, and whales. So, does it, is it a mariner then, or a mariner? Listen, <laughs> <laughs> we're waiting for the Who's answer. Editing? Which one is it? <laughs> Who's editing? <laughs> oh, when we're live, right? I shouldn't swear when we're live. Oh, swear when we're live. Oh, yeah, it's whatever the f I want it to be. Anyway, um, shut up. It's uh. It's the flex, so the pistol grip uh, collapsible stock comes off, and then you can put on a regular stock or you can put on a pistol grip stock. So it's a takedown model, and it comes in this really cool bag that uh, has a water-resistant zipper, and then that bag fits inside an, 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 uh, a waterproof bag, and there's a back, like a, not backpack straps, but a shoulder strap for it. You, there's actually, I think the bag is designed to have the gun uh, sit attached to the side of the bag itself because there's like a, a, a pouch for the muzzle, like a, like a sleeve for the muzzle to go in and then two rubber or two elastic Velcro straps that hold the gun to the side of the bag. So that's kind of yeah, cool. It's really cool. It, it's, it's a, it's a really practical way of packaging up a gun in a, in a really portable little setup. Exactly. So you've seen those uh, shell caddies that Velcro on the side of your gun. So you put like the loop part on the side of the gun and the hook part actually has the holder for the shells. So you can take a bunch of those, fill them with whatever you want, birdshot, slugs, buckshot, and put them in there and then pull up the gun and stick on whatever one you want for whatever job you got to do. So I've got one so far, uh, one of those cards ready to go. And then I've just got a box of birdshot, a two boxes of slugs, two boxes of um, buckshot. That's all in the in the bag itself. And then the gun is trigger locked and that all just gets tossed into the uh, vehicle. So, um, yeah. Your vehicle much. being a boat of some sort, of course. I got to get it to the boat somehow, right? Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So until I buy a boat. You'll just have to make do with this mariner. You guys are total Richards. <laughs> mariner, mariner. Whatever. Whatever. What it's is Mariner? funnier both ways. Isn't it Mariner? Now I really want to know. There you go. What did I say? You said, I don't know what you, you said, said. Mariner. I don't, I don't <laughs> care what you said. What are you going on? It's just funnier to make you think you said Mariner. <laughs> well, you did. I hope you're happy. The next I am. Guy, you don't even know how happy I am. <laughs> you're right. I don't. And that's because I didn't ask and I'm not going to. Don't care. The okay. next gun I bought was the um, new CZ P10F. F as in for you guys. <laughs> oh no, no, sorry, that's wrong. It stands for full size, and it is uh, definitely full size. Like, like it? The, I love it, it's very ergonomic, like any other CZ. Um, the trigger is fantastic, the trigger is as good as an HK or a Walther, it's right up there with the best striker fire triggers there was. Okay, Kelly, you asked me if I like it. The best way I can describe it to you is do you remember? Of course, you remember, you all remember. FN, FN, FN. Oh my God, I love the FN. The FN is the greatest striker fired pistol of all time. It's so comfortable and shoots so good. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. better than, better, it's better than the FN. Cool. Way better than the FN. Um, it's got a usable trigger. It's got a very usable trigger. The trigger is excellent for a striker fired gun. It's like I said, it's on par with the HK SPF 9, SPF. Wait, no, that's sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40 SPF 40 SPF, yeah. I don't think it comes in 40 so and <laughs> it's also you, at and the wall shot it yet 
I have not shot it yet. Oh, um, well, shoot it, and then you can. Thank really you, Kelly. Yeah, thank you. That's good. Yes, <laughs> this is called. I first do impression. recommend you shoot your new gun. <laughs> you guys are too kind. This is called first impressions, right? So, uh, fit and finish is excellent. The ergonomics are excellent. It comes with three back straps, small, medium, and large. Came with the small installed, and I immediately, not immediately, once I realized what the problem was, I put the large one on there, and um, very comfortable. The beaver tail is incredible. It's the best beaver tail of any striker fired pistol there is. Like your hand is literally up underneath the slide. It's amazing. The mags, if you lived in a place that was free, would easily hold. Got to be 17, maybe even 19 rounds because the grip is so long. Some people might have a problem with this, but this is the full size. This is not a compact. This is a full size duty gun. The grip is so big. There's easily. How big is it? (laughs) It's so big. If we had video pictures. (laughs) Follow me on Instagram. They're on Instagram. (laughs) Have I I mentioned you should follow me on Instagram? No. So, so it's, it's got, it's a 19 capacity magazine, 21 with the extended bases there, which I think you've got on there. That's a lot. That's a lot of extra space that we're not using here in Canada. (laughs) There's room, there's room under for an entire finger. Like if I had five fingers and one thumb, I could get them all on this gun. It's crazy. So, um, you take the slide off the same way you do with a Glock. It has um, it has ambidextrous slide stop or slide release, reversible uh, magazine release. It has the same style of safety on the trigger as the Glock, only better designed. It doesn't feel cheap and like it's going to stop working in an hour. Um, the sights, mm, the sights you can you can rack off your belt or your boot or the table, the rear sight that is. Um, there's dovetails and set screws so you can replace them and move them and whatever you want. There is already on the compact, some compact models come with, uh, a orange ring around the tritium like Matthew has on his Glock out the, this one came with just straight white three dots. So I will be filling in the bot, the back two dots very quickly. And the second I find out which fiber optic front sight fits, that's what I'm going to be doing it. It, it, it looks like it would take a, um, a Shadow One front sight, and I may have one because on my Shadow One, I replaced it with a um, Shadow Two. So if this takes Shadow One or Shadow Two, who cares? Shadow Two is a lot higher, though. It looks more like the height of a Shadow One. It will only make sense if they would make the dovetail the same as their other guns. That would be too smart not to do. So I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping I could put a Shadow front sight on there. So um, this would be my new gun for training classes and stuff like that. And um, I'm hoping by, you know, hopefully by the fall, I'll have the compact as well to throw in the bug out bag. So this will be like sitting in the gun room kind of thing. And then I'll have an identical one in the bug out bag, especially if the mags are compatible. That's the thing with the Glock 19, right? It'll take Glock 17 mags. So yeah, if you've got that like, is a nice thing about it. Heck yeah. And I've got yeah. a ton of Glock mags, right? Especially yeah. now that my PCC takes lock mags. So, um, <clears throat> and then two other things: Maple Ridge Armory, Maple Ridge Armory, Maple Ridge Armory, which you all Armory. know. I love. Armory. I have. They make they make all kinds of stuff. They make you know all kinds of air parts, air uppers. I, I'm not sure. They, do they even make a lower? Do they make a whole rifle? I don't think they make a lower, but they make a lot of great stuff. They make barrels, handguards, uppers. All kinds of accessories for ARs. I use their handguards and their barrels, um, and got their handguard on my three-gun rifle. I got their handgun or handguard on my SLR. I got their barrel on my SLR. I got their muzzle device on my SLR. 
Now on my Stag 10, I have their handguard. So it's essentially the same handguard that they came out with the V1, but for X1. AR10. Yeah, it's called the, the X1. One. Okay. Yeah, and that one's good for the Stag 10 or the BCL. Yep. Um, spendy, but that's okay. I deserve it. So. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, I definitely. Yeah. Right. Thanks. All right. <laughs> that's it for me. Who's next? Oh no! Sorry, I got one more thing. I increased the length of pull in my WK because I put the fixed Magpul MOE stock on there, which made the length of pull short, but really increased the the or the aesthetics of the WK. The WK is very square, very blocky, very chunky, and a lot of people don't like the way the back of the rifle looks where the stock attaches to the receiver. And when you go to the Magpul MOE fixed stock, it really cleans up those lines, but it gives you a short length of pull. So I added a spacer in there, which is just another receiver end plate. And I added the 0.80 thick Magpul um, PRS butt pad. PRS butt pad. Thank you. That's what I put on there. And um, yeah, man, the length of bullet is perfect. Perfect. Sweet. I'm glad to hear because I've got that exact same combo coming in for my uh, my WK. I'm gonna run the f- the fixed stock looks nice. I don't uh, I don't even know if, if our listeners know what the price is on these things. They're like 45, 50 bucks. They're a yeah, cheap Magpul stock. Uh, yep. They're fixed, so they don't they don't move, but uh, they look good. They you don't have to worry about any wiggle because they're fixed. And uh, with the extra butt pad or a spacer like Trevor put in there, it's a great length of pull. Cool. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, I think you'll be happy, Adriel. Would you? Well, you're already on the way, so it doesn't matter. I was going to say, would you like me to measure it to tell you what nah. the rule? All right. Nah, it's going to be great. I believe. Okay. Cool. I guess it takes it to me. Yep. All right. On Saturday, I went out and shot some gophers with my with my oh, other son. Oh, you stop it! No one cares. Gophers should live. Yeah. Gophers think of live. the gophers. How many did you get? Mm, I got like uh, 15, 20. And... Who'd you take with you? uh my older son yeah cool how'd he like it uh he did pretty well so i thought like He's I thought a good he little shooter. yeah I, I thought he wouldn't be able to get i thought he'd get like one is is what right. really what i thought i'd put him in front of a whole bunch of stuff he, he you know he wouldn't be able to get steady enough and, and take a shot on him uh but he managed to and if i, if, if I would have thought about it before i would have brought a bop uh bipod but uh he just monopoded off of uh, uh his 25 round mags on his 795 and he cranked 10 gophers easy nice easy 10 <laughs> that's awesome yeah and uh really decently accurate which which is uh which is really encouraging because it's something i've been like working on him with is, is accuracy and uh yeah he uh, he got some gophers oh i love i love hunting gophers i love just heading out to a field and just like sitting out in the field especially early in the in the year like this uh-huh it's so good. the most fun you can have with a firearm so far, yeah. But I've, all the yeah. things I've done, like it is, yeah, it, just... it is, it's up there. Yep, you're like, out, you're 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 in the you're out in the fresh air. You're getting fresh air. You're getting sunlight. You're with your buddies. You're doing the farmer a service. It's challenging, but it's also a very target rich environment. So you get lots of reinforcement. You know, it's not like sitting for hours in a tree stand and seeing one animal that's not on your tag that you can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, or going to a match. And waiting for an hour and then shooting for a minute and then waiting for an hour and then shooting yep. for a minute. <laughs> this is like just real co- consistent, constant. Oh, there's a gopher. Okay. I'm going to move over here, get in line with it and, and sit down there for five minutes and maybe poke one or two. And, you know, on well, to the next this, thing. Mm-hmm. you go to a seven stage match 
and you average 30 seconds a stage, you're there all day and you, sh- and you had a total of two minutes and 10 seconds trigger time. Yep. Yeah. Very intense trigger time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, In that two uh, minutes and 10 seconds, you shot over a hundred rounds. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Love gopher, love gopher hunting. I brought my 17 WSM out and uh make some they a couple like did some two two feet up in the air uh jumps after you after you smoked them kind of a thing so nice carnage yeah. you split any in two yes yeah that's uh easy enough to do with that thing and you can tell when you hit them because they <laughs> comes out uh yeah lots of fun uh, my BC, uh, BCL parts came in, so BCL, uh, uh, their signs of life. They they emailed me, called me, the, all the things, and then they sent me a new extractor, spring and donut, no, a new replacement, not new. Well, the parts well, were they're new. new. Yeah, fine. Parts. Not not newly redesigned. Uh, no, no, they don't they're look redesigned. Insane. The ejector and spring looked about the same. The gas rings were new, and the gas rings are a lot more like they seal now whereas before they're like they're quite loose loose fit on the uh on the bcg i don't know if it's going to be like that after after running uh you know uh, a dozen rounds through it but uh i'm going to take it to the range this weekend and find out Try and it. i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring my other ejector with it with me too so that if it doesn't work i can just <laughs> i could just throw that other ejector in there and, and and call it a day right uh did the maple seed iet call to help set up for the uh, maple seed events coming up this year in uh, and around edmonton uh, I've got a three gun match coming up on Saturday here. So I've been designing stages and that kind of thing with that. And, uh, I've got a, I got a, I, I, I'm not gonna show this on camera cause then you're going to see the, the coupon code on there, but I've got a gift certificate with reliable gun. I'm, I'm not really sure what to get. So if you're, if you're live on YouTube, uh, maybe throw some suggestions out there and maybe I'll take you up on it. Cause yeah, I, I don't really know what I want to get. Cleaning supplies. I've got cleaning supplies from like 10 years ago that I'm still not through. <laughs> I've still got like barrel solvent or, or oil seems to last like so for, for forever. I could always use more bore brushes. Those... What about like, I don't know, ammo? Could always get more. I have, I am pretty flush up on ammo. I could get some more 22. No, I shouldn't get some more 22. You got a lot of 22. No such thing is too much. Yeah. Once you get to the tens of thousands of rounds, it's it's probably too much. I just... Tell him, Matthew. T- t- tell him, Matthew. <laughs> tell him when it's too much. It's, it's there is no, it's, well. When okay, the shelves too, break. What, no. When you when use the ammo as your, the shelf. When you're swimming. Or that's on fire. the only time you have too much ammo is when you're or, swimming. Or on fire. Or on fire. It's like Scrooge McDuck when you like do the dive into yes. it's all just like ammo. Yes. <laughs> Instead of gold coins, it's twenty two ammo. <laughs> that's right. That's the beginning. Mm. That's that's I'm like a that. safe amount. I um, uh, for the for the Marlin 795 when we were doing gophers we had some uh, Winchester Wildcat and that stuff is uh, not good. <laughs> I have a whole but I have a few thousand rounds of it unfortunately, but uh, the only way I can get rid of it is uh, is using it shooting and uh, it. shooting it. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating because it causes uh, stoppages. Because I'm not a super big fan of Winchester 22 ammo, and uh, they're, they're just like the it, the price is right, but the quality is. Mm, not that great. But, uh, Adriel, when you're done, come back to me for a second. <clears throat> I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I forgot to mention the cost of my CZ um, P10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys tell us. They're $550. Yeah. That, like, the thing is, that that price point is so competitive. I think that must be something that CZ's doing in Canada. Because we've talked before about how the Shadow is priced really low here in Canada. And some yeah. of the other CZ firearms are priced low here. 
I wonder if that's what they're doing with that P10F as well, because that's way cheaper than, than it should be for the quality you're getting here. Yep. It's an $800 gun. Well, it's, it, I would say that the quality would be higher than an MMP and the MMP yep. is about the same price. And the quality is probably higher than a Glock, and it's priced way less than a Glock here. Yeah. Way less. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars less than an MMP. Yeah, like you're 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 somewhere just above the Gersan and the Smith and Wesson SVE STI syphilis gun. So, um, but you only get two mags. So you turn around, you buy a five hundred fifty dollars gun with two mags. I hope the mags aren't seventy five dollars a piece when they hit the market. No, CZ is usually pretty reasonable on their mags. Like even for the Shadow, the the uh, Mechar mags they sell for them are like thirty five bucks. Yeah, and the CZ branded ones are only like ten dollars more. So CZ, yeah. Trevor, CZ. Yeah, it makes more sense to say Z. I'm sorry, Matthew. Uh, more efficient. It's more efficient. <laughs> Triggered. Uh, yeah, Kelly, what so, are you up to? Oh, to sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it's good. We're done. Go ahead, Kelly. Okay. Uh, do you want to go with Matthew first, or we'll come back to <laughs> we him? all know we all know Matthew didn't do anything in guns this week. <laughs> okay. Did you shoot any? How many gophers did you shoot? How many tens of of gophers did you shoot? Ten, tens of none. Tens of none. Tens groundhogs? Of none. Did you no see groundhogs any? either? Unfortunately. Conversion rate. We got another half foot of snow the other day. It's terrible. oh yeah, but it yeah. all is, it's almost all gone again. So good. We're getting closer. Okay. I hope it, hopefully it'll be gone by the time I get there. I just don't want it to be. Yeah, it'll it'll barely be gone in June. Yeah, barely. Wow. We can sell a snowball fight if you want. You're actually okay. here on May 31st, Kelly, and we don't get on the range until the last. There yeah. will still be snow on the range when you do your maple seed. I guarantee it. Because we get on the range to start building for the last SummerSlam match, and like this is a video of me shooting on the range May 22nd. There's still snowbanks all over the place. How soggy is it? Um, where you are, depending, it could be very soggy. Awesome. Where your where your layers, I guess. I don't know. Layers. Boots. Rain gear. Boots. boots. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's soggy here too. Kingston's not getting any snow, but Ottawa got dumped on this week, so I'm ready for it to be spring yeah. finally. Or it's maybe almost June. Maybe. Yeah, I was thinking that it's probably going to go right into summer. We're not going to have any spring whatsoever. I'm just ready for it to be warm. What did I do in guns this week? I went to SFRC. I went and ordered some ammo. Um, yeah, I'm really running low on 22 ammo. So I, I, I needed to order some. And then they're usually who I get the ammo from. But they haven't gotten any in lately. So I'm looking for the Aguila High Velocity. That's what runs nicely in my gun. So... I've ordered some of that. And uh, what else today? Oh, I bought some guns from Trevor. Thank you, Trevor. You're welcome. <laughs> I had to. He still has them on his walls right now. He hasn't shipped them to me yet. But funny, these... everybody else that bought a gun got them shipped. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder why. Because <laughs> hmm. they provided me with an address one, like right away. Okay. Seriously, as I said, you should know my address. But if you didn't, why didn't you say something? Because. Because I don't see it as my responsibility. You want me to mail them to you? You got to provide me your address. Let me know. Well, I assumed I sent you. Oh, you 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 did what? You assumed? Oh, <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, I know. It's of death. So what I bought from Trevor was I bought those ten two ten twenty twos that he's that he's selling. So the camo one that has a little bit of the upgrades, and then I also bought the original. zero upgrades. Who told you there were upgrades? Oh, I thought there was upgrades on it. 
It's oh no, they're so, all coming out. You, oh, you're, you're, need, getting, you're getting whatever is like I need leftover. a discount now. You got a discount. You you got a bundle price. You got a two <laughs> like there there. It's been seracoded. That's the only upgrade. The, okay. It's got sling studs. That's your upgrade. Wow, that's awesome. We're going to be using at least the camo one for a uh, loaner rifle at uh, Maple Seed events, but we might. I don't know what we're going to do with the one that is all original. <sighs> Rub it in. Well, you can always buy back if you want. At a good price. Kind of yeah. good. <laughs> uh, what else did we do? We released some of the Maple Seed events. We originally released them to the ranges, and the ranges got them for a week. So now, as of today, we sent out the ones that are prior to July 1st. We sent those out to our Maple Seed Project Maple Seed members. After that, after a couple of days, we'll be sending out to the public. We have some that are already sold out already. Those were internally, so I apologize for that. But it's a hot ticket, hot commodity, right, Adriel? Yes. Did anybody register for mine? Uh, there is a couple of people that have registered for the rustigish one. Good. So. Yours is open and it's not sold out yet. Yeah, his is open. Uh, East Coast, we uh, yeah, we don't really. Um, sell out of those. We send them out to the public, and then they sell it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't sell it internally. Adriel, oh, I got they... in minutes. Adriel, I got, the, I got like the best Ipsic range in Canada, and I can't get anybody to show up to a level two match. So yeah, SummerSlam, no problem because everybody from away comes. Mm-hmm. I put on like a twelve lo- a twelve stage level two match for four people. Nope. So, but, it's uh, We're all poor it, and don't want to work. Corner Harper. It will. It will sell out. Uh, Woodstock. It's pretty much there's only I think there's only two, maybe two spots left, so it's almost sold out. What else did I do? Oh, uh, speaking of which, getting ready for Maple Seed, I went out to the trailer and thank God there was no uh, snow, but uh, the ground where uh, our trailer is out uh, at somebody's farm because one, it's easily accessible because it's right off the highway, but it's also, we, I live in suburbia, so we can't store it here. Um, the trailer itself, I was able to go into it and uh, take inventory, take everything out, make sure that there is no critters in there and it wasn't flooded and neither of those things happened. And so I was able to restock it because guess what? We have a maple seed this weekend in CFB Petawawa. So we're going to go and do Oof, that. Coming up. Yes. And speaking of CFB Petawawa, there's three feet of snow. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, so, and apparently Morgan Marshall. Hi, Morgan. Uh, Morgan Marshall went out and checked things out on the ranges. And the one that the CRPS matches on. Yeah. So he went out and he sung up to his hips in uh, mud. So, and not, uh, I'd rather not snow than mud. I don't hips. believe you. He did not sink to his hips. He did. He said, I sunk to my hips. You have to be on the swamp in the swamp on Oak Island to sink to his hips. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, he'd find a sword if he was out there. Yes, he Excellent. would. Yes, he would. So, uh, the other range, which Project Maple Seed is on, is a little bit not as hippie. I don't know. <laughs> not as hippie. It's a little bit, there's still snow, three feet of snow. Yeah, that's it. That's all I did for guns, kind of. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Upcoming events. Matthew and Trevor will be, will be hosting a Ferlachi Fundamentals and Beyond Fundamentals course on May 4th and 5th at the Thomaston Corner Shooting Range near Fredericton, New Brunswick. To register or for more information, please email samfireradio at gmail.com. Do you guys still have spots open for that? We do. Still spots open. 
Uh, there's going to be a CCFR RSO course May 25th and 26th at Dalhousie, New Brunswick. Um, for information on that, email Trevor, I guess. Trevor, yes. I'm sorry, I'm typing somebody something. What What do you want? RSO, your your CCFR RSO course. Do you want people reaching out to you or no? Yeah, through through my um, Trevor dot at firearmrights.ca. There you go. Perfect. Why don't we move on to the news? Uh, the first one I have here is the C-71 uh, was gutted in the Senate. Do you guys uh, follow this? A little bit, yeah. Not a whole so, lot, but a little bit. Based on what we said, what we talked about with Tracy the other week, does this mean that this thing's toast? No, it means that they're recommending amendments and they're sending it back to the uh, House of Parliament, Parliament and for them to make amendments on it. So basically, uh, yeah, it's pretty much toast. Because they, yeah. <laughs> is this toast? No, not really. What they're doing is well, well no. yeah, it's pretty it's much toast. I'm saying it, that because of the fact that they're not gonna have time to put it through the before they rise. Right. Oh, it's stop. It's not toast. It's not toast unless they actually get to open it up and make an amendment. That will slow it down. For, they've sent it back. They're they're not gonna pass it. They're yeah, the senators have said no, you need to fix this before it's, we're gonna readdress it. Right. And so they send it back. Or they're sending it back, and then yeah. once that happens, and they that have delays to... enough that we don't have right. to worry. About it will, it. It'll it will have be... enough time, right? So yeah. hopefully the liberals don't get elected for in the election, and yeah. Well, I think we've got a pretty pretty reasonable chance to, of of that happening. So cool. Yeah, one of the lines in here says this from the senators says this approach will not make Canadians safer. <laughs> nice, love it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's from Plett, right? And and he's uh, too common sense for this kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah he can see where it's where it's not going to work. Yep. Uh, which is good news. Yes, it is very good news. Any of you guys read this other article about the uh, I treated victims at the Ecole yes. Polytechnique massacre? I'm sure I'm massacring yeah. that uh, that school name, but uh, Ecole Polytechnique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Close enough. Any takes on it? Hot takes. Just share it on Slamfire Radio and let people read it themselves. I didn't read it, so I don't have. Uh, I'm I read sort it. of skimming it now, but. So the person that wrote it, it was in the National Post, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the person that wrote it, he's a doctor. He's a doctor who is currently in Ontario. Yes. Yes, Ontario, and <laughs> he was talking about the fact that he treated a. Sorry, the fact. <laughs> <laughs> he t- he was uh, he treated a seven year old who was shot by a shotgun. Um, that a teen accident. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was an accident. And then he also spoke about he was there the night of the uh, the uh, shooting at the um, Ecole Polytechnique. He was the one that went to the into the school and he pronounced uh, those that were there dead. He said that he's seen lots of um, shooting uh, victims uh, in the emergency room, uh, but he's also somebody who's a firearms enthusiast, and he is. He said that uh, C seventy one is not going to be helpful for what. Yeah, one of his lines here. He says, "I support only reasonable and thoughtful approaches Correct. to curbing injury and death to to firearms." This petition and the call for a ban are neither. Neither. So, again, another person who sees through the BS and goes, well, this is dumb. Why are we taking guns away from the good guys? 
the bad guys are getting the guns anyway. The other thing that should be noted is he said that uh, the doctors for gun control are a very, very small minority. A lot of doctors, he said the majority of doctors aren't in agreement with that group. And a lot of them are afraid of speaking up because of uh, repercussions. But he's somebody who felt the need to do it. Yeah, that's uh, that's one reason why I don't really like the uh, oh, but doctors uh, kill lots of people through medical malpractice thing, because I think that this is not all doctors and like just kind of slandering them saying that doctors, you know, kill lots of people, too, is uh, is a wrong approach. Because I think, you know, a, a, a lot of doctors out there are probably just staying quiet because uh, we, uh, there's probably a lot of their colleagues who are more uh, left leaning and they just don't want to ruffle feathers. Right. They don't want to yeah, talk about why they think it's a bad idea. Adriel, I think yep. one of the arguments about the kind of pointing out the doctors is to to just try and get the public to change their focus. If we uh, could reduce malpractice deaths by 1%, we would save more lives than are killed by guns. So are we trying to improve the quality of medicine? Are we having that conversation? No, but we sure are talking about guns. If we are having the conversation about reducing malpractice, it's not in the limelight, but what is in the limelight is doctors saying that we need to keep Canadians safe from guns when guns kill less people than doctors. So you see how it comes back to, wait a second, you're picking on the guns, but who's picking on you? You guys aren't perfect. Leave the guns alone, fix yourselves. Yeah, I, I get that. But like, doc, it's not just, uh, it's not a vast majority of doctors fighting against this. So to say that, True. oh, well, doctors, like, you know, uh, throwing the whole group under the bus saying that they all... Uh, contribute to all these deaths is uh, yep. not as uh, constructive there, as it could be. There are some doctors who are pretty vocal about it. I know a couple about well, their support of yeah. of the gun community. They're shooters themselves, well, and then yeah. there's others that are kind of hypocritical. So hey, it is you know. Yeah, we have yeah. two two or three doctors that I know of in my gun club. Um, plus, you've got you know Dr. Colin Langman. If if you don't know who he is. You have been out of the firearms community loop for some time. He, he testified at, at the Senate hearing. He basically killed the long gun registry. So, yeah. yeah. Needless to say, he doesn't agree with these doctors that want to keep us safe from guns. He wants to focus on the actual root causes of violence and crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the right things to, to focus on, I think. Anyways, it's a, it's a great read. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll include it in the show notes and uh, leave that for other people to read up on if they want. Um, this other one, this is American news, but I thought it was just kind of interesting. So in America, uh, when something is banned, their default de facto thing to do is to grandfather everyone in on whatever the thing is. Uh, and it is the thing. It's not the person. So you don't, you don't get a, a grandfather license, but all the objects are grandfathered. Um, and they just had uh, high capacity magazines, regular capacity magazines, uh, come back into play because these uh, uh, bans on 10 rounders and, and or sorry, the ban on uh, standard capacity magazines was ruled uh, unconstitutional. And really? uh, therefore, there's this huge run on them. Yeah, it, it was then. So there, here's the thing, though. A week later, they got it stayed, which means that it's being challenged. And so there was only seven days where they were legal to buy. Because they they had to say okay no hold on we got it we got to double check this basically, but in those seven days they're like <laughs> hundreds of thousands of purchases like they they crashed websites buying these standard capacity mags like it, it just 
yeah, crazy. Um, so hopefully it, the, the, the state doesn't stay in place and they do actually overturn this because this is ridiculous. Um, standard capacity magazines are just normal capacity. I, I do like one of these quotes in here by, by the executive director of the coalition to stop gun violence. So this is definitely an anti-gun guy. This is a bad guy in, in our opinion here. He says, I think about the numerous shootings that are often stopped when someone jumps in when the shooter is reloading. I've, I've, <laughs> I've literally never heard of that happening before. Ever. Uh, Hold it. Might it's happen, like in the movies. But... It's like click, click. Oh, he's out. Let's rush him. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't uh it doesn't seem like something that you it, it doesn't seem like in New Zealand. Almost, but almost. you know, coincidentally happened yet. But it's uh yeah. I don't I don't think most people are thinking clearly enough to do that kind of struck like strategy in a, no, in so a I, high stress situation. I... If I'm in a, an active shooter situation, I'm not going to be sitting there counting. Well, looks like he has a Glock 17. That means he's got 10 rounds because he's in Canada. One, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, yeah. ten. Get him. Oh, he had one in the pipe. Dang it. Like, yeah. it's just, it's oh, he took the pee. He got some 17 rounders. Those oh, prohibited man, magazines. You're not allowed to take it's the rivet out. I'm calling the cops on you. So, so from now on, it's going to be impossible to enforce this because – um there's no way of knowing like they don't serialize magazines so it's That's not like right. so you, you can know. show up to the range now i mean i obviously don't advocate this don't do anything illegal because we told you to <laughs> that was a weird <laughs> we've never tried to do anything illegal but yes technically any high capacity mag could be shot at a range now or in california and there'd be no way of knowing whether or not it was pre or yeah, post. what do you mean range what do you mean by range? Well, be, well they don't have to go to a range but a lot of guys in california no. still do shoot at the range anyway Wherever you yeah. go, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or legal to just start a firearm. If you've got a full cap mag, there's nothing to do about it. That's right. There's nothing they can do about it now. Well, well what numbers. they can do is they can stop people from buying them now. So whatever yeah. is there is there, but yes. they can't right. buy anymore. Yes, you got it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, like I said, hopefully this um this this ruling stays and uh and they get to get their freedom back. Well, it'd be cool if it's the start of more reasonable uh, uh, gun laws in the states because there's some, there's some states where they've been stacking on unreasonable measures over and over and over again. Yeah. It'd be nice for this to be the stop of that and the start yeah. of of a of, of repealing of of some of these uh, just more onerous, uh, uh, ineffective uh, legislations. All right, new gun stuff. Uh, did you guys know that the Remington RP now? I don't know. Was this the price before? I see that Bullseye London has the RP9 for 350 bucks. Was this the price before? <laughs> no, it was not. Oh man, there's oh that's funny. You know a gun's not selling when it sells for just over what the Gersans sell for. That's horrible. It's a horrible gun. Don't buy it. It's almost toast. When they're selling them for like that for that price, I'm sure they're just clearing them out and then they're probably not going to make it. Yeah, but it comes in a nifty form-fitted pistol case. Did you it see does. the Did you see the picture of that? <laughs> it's not form-fitted at all. It's like, uh, I just hack out like sort of something that looks like a gun and chuck it in there. Yep, that it's sounds like fifty bucks. Does it come pre-rusted? It might. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's all it's slathered in oil. I'm looking at the picture here. It is yeah. literally wet from oil so that it doesn't rust. <laughs> Where was I oh. when this thing came out? This thing, I, oh. I don't remember this. This yeah, came we out. We talked about it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, it came out after the RP R fifty one fiasco. They came out with a full size polymer striker fired gun. No, they that, don't like it. No, no. I mean, I've held them. Uh, I've manhandled the slides them. Slides chunky. 
July is chunky. Yeah. Like it's just the bad. It's all kinds of bad. The, Remington does rifles and shotguns. They should just stick to that. And even that, they had recalls on the seven hundred and the eight seventy. Give me yeah. up, right? Your two flagship models since the fifties. Give me come yeah. on. Well, the finishes that they've been putting on these days. I, I actually I can't say that because I haven't touched anything that's been like brand brand new. But the the stuff like say ten to five years ago would have like terrible finish issues and would rust like really easily. Saw that with uh, uh, Remington, and I saw that with um, uh, Marlins once. Uh, once Remington was uh, was running their stuff as well. I got lucky. I got my 870 Express Magnum just before they started to go to crap. My Versamax is fine, and my 597 uh, is definitely fine. But I am my 700. But I mean, we stripped that and built the target rifle out of it. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't be buying a new a new Remington anything right now. Yeah. Uh, Tendas has a whole bunch of lar mags. They've got uh, a bunch of stuff in stock right now. Three hundred eight lar mags, which for just recently here were actually kind of hard to find, but it looks like they've they've got a bunch of those back in country. Tenda, uh, yep. Off I go. So if you're looking for some three hundred eight mags, they've got a bunch of those. Uh, they've got uh, five and ten round three hundred eight mags, uh, little short guys, and then they've got the short or the long. Lar mags for two two three. So if you want a two two three mag that's full size but ten rounds, they've got those. Oh, I love those. I'm gonna get one of those too. There you go. They've got really good pricing. It's it's hard not to uh, to look at their stuff and, and buy a couple things while you're there. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta make up for the shipping. Gotta get that free shipping. Yep. Uh, Maple Ridge Armory's X one handguards you mentioned uh, for your stag there, Trevor. Uh, mag pump. Did you guys take a look at this thing? Have I'm looking it? at it. I haven't played the video because I don't want to get distracted. But this looks weird. You got to play the video. It's it's weird. The two two three makes sense. They've got this thing that basically a, a hopper on the top. You pour all your bullets in there, and it and you just and just loads up the mag. It's magic. Magic. But, but the nine millimeter one looks uh, like a lot of work for that. Wouldn't see, actually save you a whole bunch of time. The two two three, I get. Because that's it's got a hopper. There's only one kind of Stanek mag, so they don't have to have little adapter plates and that kind of thing or other weirdness. And you just pour a bunch of ammo in there and just start going at it. But it's uh, I don't, I wouldn't see a I lot like of the Arpula like better. Sorry, I just, uh, I mean, this looks. I, I can I can load pretty quick. Not as quick as this thing, but I mean, you but, just have to reload for yourself at the range, right? I don't need to bring a bench with me to mount it to to make exactly. it work exactly yeah <laughs> this is more of like a permanent fixture maybe if you're maybe if you were doing oh geez i don't even know what kind of class you'd be do, having to do to to reload this many mags if you were in if you were a military trainer and you're training 20 guys who all had the same gun and they all went and shot a course of fire and then had to reload their mags afterwards maybe this would make sense because Adrian then you could just like crush through them Dude, those 308 um, mags for your like Stag 10 or your yep. BCL, they're they're like super cheap. Yeah, man. Like 30 bucks. Yeah. You can't buy a pistol mag for 30 bucks. Well, this is a pistol mag. Ha-ha. You can get a 308 <laughs> pistol mag for 30 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got $30, 5 or 10 rounder uh, pistol mags. Well, this is a 10 rounder. And if you want to get the LAR version, okay. So listen to this. This is not very clear. XCR. We know what the XCR is, right? Mm -hmm. The XCR made by Robinson Armament, 308, 10 mm -hmm. round, 
mm-hmm. AR-15 pistol magazine. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. Close enough. Come on. Close enough for government work. Yeah. Yeah, 30 bucks is a, a crazy good price for that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, okay. Mag pump. They're coming in. I don't see much of a use to it. Like even uh, you guys have seen that... Uh, the ETS cam loader that I've got. Like if you're load, if you're loading mags out of a box of factory ammo, you cannot beat the speed on that thing. Like even with this, you can't beat it because that's the one that, that has those two fingers and you just strip yeah. off your 10 rounds off the, off the uh, uh, box. You pop your mag in, you strip them in and you're off to the next mag kind of a thing. Right. Yeah. No, no. Anyways. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, Trevor. You've probably seen this because you're you're all up on the Instagram. But uh, S and J Hardware is doing magazine base pads for twenty five dollars now. No, I don't follow S and J. Oh well, he's got uh, Canadian made aluminum uh, base pads that run on the CZ, some other stuff, Seg two two six, Beretta ninety six, Tangfo, uh, high power, and a couple of other things. They're twenty five bucks. Cool. So yeah. I like seeing uh, that there's a little bit more competition here for those kinds of things because I couldn't justify spending $50 on a little chunk of aluminum that sits on the That's, bottom of my magazine. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Yep. Yeah. I've done that. 25 my... sounds about right. I've, I'll pay my 25 every single day. I paid, uh, no, did I? Yeah, I lost a 1911 mag for my STI Trojan. And when I got the Dawson mag with the Dawson mag, uh, the base pad mm-hmm. tax and shipping $98. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I pulled the plug on that. I went, no, 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 no. I'm not spending a hundred dollars on one magazine. This is redonkulous. You have a 2011, don't you? I have 1911s and 2011s. Once you 2011 mags cost you like a hundred bucks anyways. No, the new STI um, mag with the aluminum base pad is in the, it's, it's under 90 anyway. Hmm. It's for sale, by the way, my 2011, my Apiro with the DVC grip, just saying. What caliber? 40. Ah, wrong caliber. All right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have uh, the last has Ordnance Group 37 millimeter flare launchers that kind of look like M203s that you can put on the bottom of your AR-15. They've got... If uh, we could launch flares during one of the three guns, I'd totally get one. You can't? Can do that? I don't know. Probably start a fire. Like throw, launching a, a, a flare at the ground sounds like a great way to start a fire. Well, that's what I'm so saying. That's what we could do. Start a fire? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? It's like stage one, uh, start uh, hands in air, uh, surrender position, facing up range, uh, on, on signal, turn around, start a grass fire. Yeah, sure. First one to light the grass on fire wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, if you're looking for something like that to start your own grass fire, check out uh, the Lask Arms. They they seem like they'd be super fun to play with, but just practicality wise, not there. But super fun. It's like those and, those and, uh, and looks right because I think some guys oh, set up yeah. their AR-15 for for looks to make it look yeah. cool, right? And, like those those golf ball guns and pop can guns. I mean, those are just entertainment as well. So I mean, this just goes in with those, you know. Except these look cooler, but uh, I still think they'd be fun to play with. Yeah. Yeah, I just it's don't know where you could. Where could you? Because I can't see any range going. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, shoot, shoot, shoot your flares here well, at the, at the and, range. So you'd have to put it on something non Huh? Put it on. Put it on a an SLR or put yeah, it on so a modern sporter. Yeah, and then yeah. you've got a non restricted flare launcher yeah. gun. 
thing. Yeah. And then you could shoot your deer and barbecue them right there. In the woods. <laughs> Where's your deer? It's over there with a, you see the bright flash and the... <laughs> there. It's cooking. There. Marked them. <laughs> I like it. That's a great idea. New right. hunting tech gear. There we go. Hunting. Yeah. <laughs> should put it on a website or something. Uh, all right. Why don't we head into the main topic? Um, all right. Do you guys want to do practice sessions? Is that still cool? Yeah. Yes, sure. Why not? Awesome. Uh, the only reason why I wanted to bring these up, I've been doing them recently here because uh, we've had, we've already had one match um, and we're heading into another match. And I've like just last night, I was just practicing for, uh, for the three gun match coming up. Uh, so maybe, maybe just to break this down, how often do you guys practice? Do you guys practice over the winter or not practice over the winter? Do, wh- uh, when do you guys practice? How often? Not often. Got to be not often. Um, I occasionally dry fire. I'll get the Glock out and I have the, I forget what it's called, that thing where you put it on in there and it has the gyroscopes and stuff. Mantis? Yep. The Mantis X. Thank you. Every cool. now and th- that's how often I use it. I forget what it's called. Um, every now and then I break that out and I will do some dry fire. Um, I very rarely, I have in the past, but very rarely do I put on my belt and actually do holster draws and stuff. Um, I should, but I'm just not competitive enough to, to care, I guess. But, um, yeah, I, I dry fire practice on a semi unregular basis, I guess. Um, so but that's that pretty... like once every couple of months, once every three months, maybe, maybe once a month, maybe okay. once a month I'll do that. So it's not a whole lot. And the only time, like, I don't know, I, I every now and then we'll pick something up around the house that has a trigger on it, like my cordless drill or whatever. And then I'll like, you know, because like you do, you, 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 you bring it up to your eye and you pretend to squeeze a trigger and you're like, Oh yeah, I should actually practice for real. And you get it out and you go, Oh man, I am jerky. And then I, you know, I like focus down on it for a little while and get my trigger pressed down real smooth again. And then I put it away and forget about it for a while. And then until I pick up something else, like a Windex bottle, it's like, Oh yeah, I should practice again. So I don't really have a consistent practice regime, but I, I do occasionally, and I will definitely get a little bit more religious about it whenever I have a class coming up that I'm teaching with Trevor, or if there's a match coming up, I'll totally get out the Glock then, and I really do some dry fire practice before um, before a match or before a class with Trevor, just because, you know, I, I got to, especially for the class, I really want to make sure that I know what I'm doing whenever I get there. Well, so, since you're uh, since you're practice. talking, uh, what does is, what is one of those practices look like? Like, how long is it, and, and what are you focusing on? Um, I'm length of time is until the baby starts crying or the dishes need to be done or the cat meows at me or something like I'll, I'll go until I get distracted by something else. Uh, typically, I don't know, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, but not super long. And the focus of it is always trigger press, sight alignments, grip and stance. Just the basics, just the absolute fundamentals. I will just, and the cool thing about the Manus X is with the phone, you can actually set the phone up sort of across the room and actually aim at it. And it, it, it actually kind of works sort of like a target. And so I can track my own site to see how well I did. And the phone gives me immediate feedback as to whether or not that trigger press was actually good. And I found it has actually helped quite a bit because there have been times, especially earlier on when I went click, that was a pretty good trigger press. And I'd look at it and go, uh, no, it wasn't. No, that was actually pretty mm. bad trigger press. I can do better than that, and I know I can. Why? What did I do wrong? And 
sometimes we we are our own or our sometimes we're our own worst critics but sometimes we're our own worst like congratulators it's like yes i'm doing great and sometimes we need a, a little kick in the pants to go oh wait no no you're not you need to you need to smarten up a little bit do better. you think that with the mantis you have been practicing a little bit more yes definitely you? absolutely um that is like i i don't i don't like gimmicky things i don't like people buying stuff just because like and I, I certainly don't just buy stuff because it's the latest rage but this thing is actually something that and and even even if it didn't do everything that it does and it does do a lot of things which is really cool the very fact that it has motivated me to actually get the gun out and dry fire practice every now and then i, I dry fire practice way more often than i used to because i have it and it's because i get that feedback and i get to be a little bit competitive with myself can i do better than i did last time so it, it it's cool to have that an actual metric or an actual instant Based feedback on. as to yeah so anyway yes i i think it's worth it i think it, even just to make you practice more often it's worth it and it doesn't have to be the mantis x anything anything that gives you feedback on your shooting i think is a fantastic thing very so cool that's pretty much all i do cool. yeah. yeah kelly what about you uh i haven't been doing a lot of it uh <laughs> lately i have been doing a little bit of pistol um practicing uh with respect to dry firing but i also going to the range with friends uh because of the fact that i want to get into a little bit more pistol as well so uh setting up uh just different stages and just trying that out getting into more of the seal challenges with pistol and just trying to brush up on it and get a little better at it as well because i mainly shoot rifle and the pistol is not something that i get a lot of practice in so uh kelly kincaid is somebody that i've been doing that with so it's always nice to go to the range and have fun with a friend but uh, that way we can also when we go for example there's a steel challenge that's on the 20th i'm still uh, hoping to go to that and there was a match that was going to be on july 1st but i can't be there because i'm going to be in new brunswick that i was hoping to go to uh dry fire i have a um target that is right beside the tv uh so we can do that one just laying on the couch and and, and practicing the trigger pull one of the things that i was doing with uh rifle with just because i'm supposed to be able to shoot a uh, 210 or greater which i can generally do uh on demand so one of the things that uh to get there you have to be able to get down into position practice transitioning so do that with um your rifle and then also i i thought one of the biggest helpful things for me so anybody who's going to be at a maple seed this year practice inserting your magazines and doing the mag changes and also practice getting into position with uh, the transition because if you are able to practice that, you will uh, shave time, you'll be more fluid, you'll be more confident in your ability to do it. And uh, because when we put the time crunch on, yeah. So that's one of the things that I recommend people practice be, and it's gonna, it's gonna be helpful. So if you wanna be able to achieve a rifle score, you're gonna need to do that. I, I do that, I did that. Um, uh, quite a bit. I don't do it that much anymore. Uh, I'm pretty confident in my my ability to do that. Still do it every once in a while, especially if I haven't shot in a while. <clears throat> um, 
I'll uh, I'll do that. I got I gotta have some drink. Um, <clears throat> um, and then every once in a while, I'll just go to the range as well and take these challenge targets, and I'll shoot those as well. So I try to do it at least once, if not twice a month, and take those because there's all kinds of different challenges. There, whether it's um. Uh, seated, prone, whatever it is, but it's also a uh, know your limits as well. So uh, it's always good to to pull those up. I've actually pulled all of the challenge targets for the past couple of months, not couple, probably about seven or eight months, printed those all off and uh, taken them out to the range and shoot them. And that way I can just brush up on them. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing with those maple seed targets is a little bit different, right? So if you want uh, a little bit of encouragement, yeah, there's yep. a little bit of different things going on with each one of them. Yep. Yeah. So I always find that they're fun. You know, this month is shooting a uh, bunny. Well, we're not shooting the bunny. We're shooting the basket. <laughs> but I, 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 I do believe that there's going to be some bunnies with some no faces. There goes Easter Bunny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Collateral damage. Oops. Sorry, kids. No eggs this year. <laughs> but yeah so the biggest thing is practicing uh make changes practicing transitions also the trigger pulls as well make sure that you're you're holding the trigger back make sure that you're not slapping the trigger and you can do that anytime downstairs in the basement i have this um i don't know 20 foot yeah it's about 20 feet and i just drop down and get into position now, that being said, it's a whole different ball game when you get out onto a range and you got your jacket on, you got your boots on. That's one of the differences I found when I got into seated position and I didn't have any boots or anything on. It wasn't the same as when I was on the range and I had all of the equipment and all of the boots and jackets. So it is a little different, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Me. Trevor, what do you do to uh, practice for a, for a session or over the winter? Over the winter, um, I dry fire, and I actually use an app. Like Matthew uses the Mantis X. I've got a like a cheap knockoff version of it that I couldn't get working, so um, I gave up on it. And I downloaded an app called Dry Fire Part Timer, and you can search for it in the Google Play Store by that name, Dry Fire Part Timer. And um, I am going to <laughs> excuse me, sorry, <laughs> mute time. Um, so it, it it actually has drills built into it, Adriel. So we all know that dry fire sucks. Get the Ben Stager book. Learn how to dry fire effectively. Mix up your dry fire so that you're actually doing something. Whether you're practicing live fire or dry fire, you've got to practice with a perfect, with a, a purpose rather, and have a plan. So with this app, there's different there's different drills built into the app, and you can adjust the part time. So it's hard to get bored. You'll get tired before you'll get bored because you can move on to another drill or another exercise, always trying to increase the part time. Um, so yeah, I'm just I, downloading it right now. Okay. So I use that. Um, the only dry fire I did this year, really like, um, thank goodness to the, or thank I'm, I'm grateful to the match director for this year's nationals that took place in Winnipeg. The Ipswich nationals that took place in Winnipeg. One of the sponsors gave a set of those mini dry fire targets. So they're a scaled down version. You can also go to websites and say, this is the target I want to use. This is the simulated distance and it'll print it out. And then you can print it on regular paper and in color and 
cut it out and glue it with a glue stick onto a piece of cardboard, you know, so you can make your own dry fire targets. So if you only have three yards to dry fire in your man cave or your garage or whatever, that's fine. You can go to a website and I believe Derek Merriweather, listener of the show, um, put me on to this. I think it was Derek. It seems like something Derek would do. He's a pretty smart fella. So anyway, um, so yeah, so I try and keep my dry fire interesting by using scaled down targets, by using an, uh, an app that has drills built into it. And the bulk of the dry fire I did this year was with my PCC. I had to kind of develop a new muscle memory of um, reloading my first and second reload off of my belt from a different location because in PCC, you can run your mags all the way up front like an open shooter typically does in IPSC or USPSA. I had to get used to that because, you know, hundreds... Well, not hundred. Anyway, lots and lots of mag changes. Where my first mag came from the side of my body. Now I would, I would just, you know, if I didn't practice, I would naturally just go right past my first three magazines to my hip. So that was the bulk of my dry fire this year, just with the PCC to get accustomed to mag changes. And I obviously didn't do it well enough because the first two PCC matches I shot, um, I was not inserting the mag correctly. It was not you know, getting it seated into the firearm and I ended up doing tap racks like a chump. So now the summertime, when I go outside, I bought Ben Stager's other book called Skills and Drills. And it's full of drills that will help you develop skills. Clever name. Um, and that's what I'm going to use this year. In the past, I used to just do drills that um, I watched on YouTube or um, there were other programs that are kind of outdated now but that were given to me when i first started uh, into ipsic so i never just go and make it up i always try and make the most out of my round my range time and use a, a a proven drill that other pros use and with the ben stagger book you know there's room to write in it for baseline and how to track your progress and stuff like that so that book not only helps not only gives you drills but it helps you develop a training plan so you'll know what you're doing and when. So that'll be this summer. But this summer is starting off with a class. Now, um, I took a class last year at the end of the season, I believe. It was after Nationals anyway, because I bought my my uh, 2011 Apiro at Nationals, and I shot it in that class. So sometime in the late summer, early fall, we had a class with um, Canadian champion and ex-metal pro staff, Alex Burdett. He came to our range and did a class. And he's coming back this year to do a class. And no, you can't get in. It's a private class. There's only five of us. So we're, we're definitely paying up because the class costs what it costs. And normally you keep the cost down by bringing in more guys. But we're like, you know what? We're not hobos. Let's let's pay through the nose and uh, and get more. The poors. You're, you're not one of the poors. Not one of the poors. No, we're going to pay through the nose and uh, not have hobo training. We're going to have a lot of one-on-one. It's good for me. It's good for Matthew. It's good for our class. Matthew wasn't at the last one. He won't be at this one. But as always, whatever I learn, I share with Matthew because we're co-instructors. So I think he owes me money. It's probably what's going to happen here. He should start helping to pay half my tuition, right, Matthew? Yeah, we'll totally talk about that. Never. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when when Matthew gets settled a little bit, um, he'll be taking classes again, too. That's one thing we tell our students always, like, you should take it 
classes from instructors who take classes right. and always want to up their knowledge. So, so Adriel, my season's going to start with a class in the month of May, before I get into my outdoor matches, I will be taking a class. And so this, the drills that we that were taught at that class will make up the bulk of my practice sessions. That sounds like a, a really great way to start your season off because it's not just a, a little bit of practice. It's a, uh, it's a full session with it with a class and someone else who's experienced watching and, and telling you where you need to improve and uh, mm -hmm. diagnosing stuff you can't see yourself exactly exactly yeah. so cool. any other anything else um no but i like that last part you made shoot with someone who can diagnose you you yep. know there's nobody at my club that can usually pick up on my little mistakes even matthew and i have a hard time to pick each other apart so it's important to shoot with people that are better than you who can, who can tell you what you're doing wrong. And when you get to a certain level, it gets more and more difficult to do, but there I'm not at a level yet where I can't be helped. It's just harder to find people who can. And, and I don't mean, you know, I'm a quote unquote, a class shooter. Well, I don't have any masters or grandmasters at my club. You know what I'm saying? So a class is not all that in a bag of chips, but there's no grandmasters for me to, to chase around. So it makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for myself, uh, I'm, I'm primarily practicing for three gun matches. So uh, I went through the winter without really doing much. I think I think I dry fired a couple of times, but uh, you oh, also I, went you to know those what? indoor matches. Though, yeah, didn't I, you? I did. I did do a couple of indoor matches, yeah. and I did practice for those. Yeah, well, geez, my my winter is is almost over, and I've already forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I I guess I did do those indoor matches, and I did. Um, normally what I'll, what I'll do is like a couple of days before a match, I'll, uh, I'll just put my belt on, uh, practice some holster draws, practice some mag reloads. And that's been primarily cause I've been really messing with my mag pouches over the winter. Uh, I went from bullets forward to bullets out. I changed mm -hmm. where my mag pouches are. I changed the angle of them and I've wanted to re-familiarize myself with them so that I'm not hunting around looking for a magazine on my belt uh on on the timer kind of a thing because like while i was using those pistol uh matches as practice i didn't want to practice something that i could practice myself in five minutes of time so that, that was my that was my logic in uh in making sure that i had practiced some of the basic basics like drawing the gun out of the holster and, and not being confused because it's not the holster i usually use or uh using a different mag pouch or something like that uh, so that's what I did with those with those winter courses is just practice some real basic stuff. For three gun this year, I did the same thing, but um, just well, not with all the guns because I, I I didn't practice my rifle. Uh, but the man, can I even say this? The rifle there there's not as much gotchas with a rifle. Like you, you you grab your mag as you drop it, you put a new mag in, you get steady in however which way you're going to get steady, and you keep going right. Right. Yeah. But, with shotgun reloading, boy, you can screw that up bad. Like you can, you can and lose quickly. a match. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You you can lose a match with dumping a bunch of rounds on the ground and not having enough rounds at the end of a stage and losing yep. gobs of time from failures to engage. Right. So, yep. I, I I have been practicing my shotgun uh, reloading. Uh, maybe like a, a a couple of times before each match. So that's I'm practicing pulling dummies off the belt. I'm practicing doing my quad loads on my shotgun. Um, and I don't think most people practice at all. I think um, especially with it with our first match of this of the year here in March, I saw a lot of people who hadn't practiced loading their shotgun and they were doing it for the first time for that year on that first stage. 
and you could tell. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, and that's why you smoke them. Well, yeah, and, yeah. and that's why because um, I didn't like I wasn't running balls out in that match. I wasn't running like a a, a hard fast trying to like go a hundred percent all the time. I was running a pretty safe match. There's money on the ground, anyways. You can't run. Um, but that's that's enough. I think that that consistency is is really what I was going for. So that's yeah. that's that's what my practice regiment has been. Um, if you can even call it a regiment for the spring here, is uh, I have been practicing some of the ones where you can make a large mistake, like shotgun reloading, like pistol reloading, like draws, making sure that it all feels nice and natural, uh, so that when I go into the match. All that stuff is consistent. I'm not going to have a meltdown. Uh, it's just going to run. And um, I did a video of, of like really reloading some shotgun shells. And it's not actually how I practice. I because I, I wanted to, I don't know, just just show like in, in the video how often I flub it up. Um, so in the video, I stopped whenever I like really screwed something up. I would stop and I would I would reset. But uh, um, normally when I'm practicing, I try to push through those flubs. Because if you're reloading shotgun shells and you drop one in a match, you're not going to stop. No, you no, have, you're just you going to keep deal going. With you have to keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. how you should practice too. But you're right for your, for the purpose of your video, you can stop and show them what you did wrong and why you did it and how you would fix it and blah blah blah. But yeah, when you're actually practicing for reels, um, whenever you you mess up go through it like keep going pretend it's the actual match because otherwise when you get into an actual match and you you mess up you're going to stop and reset you, you can't reset when the timer is going you, you got to keep going that being said you don't want to practice mistakes you want to practice perfectly so if you're doing a holster draw and dropping the mag and doing a reload and then punching back out to target and you keep messing that up you need to slow down you need to slow down and do it right do it perfectly and then slowly speed it up to the point where you can do it smoothly without messing up. You have to incrementally increase your time um, very slowly so that you don't start practicing mistakes. And I, I see a lot of people when they practice, they just go all the way as fast as they can and they start screwing up and then they just, well, that's not helping you, not helping you at all. You're just learning bad things. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, that was one thing that I wanted to ask you guys is um, how much you push in your practice uh, for, the best speed versus reliability. I tend to go a lot on reliability because in three gun matches, you've got three firearms, you've got six stages in, in some of our matches and uh, a, a lost stage will kill you faster than uh, uh, just, just a little, a couple of seconds here and there. Right. Right. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't practice for uh, I don't practice for, shaving off tenths of a second i practice for reliability more often than not in three gun that's probably the best approach because uh, even still you still gotta you still gotta push to your failure rate in practice find yes. out how fast you can go before you start flubbing and dropping rounds on the ground and then back up a little bit but it's okay to drop rounds on the ground in practice you've got to push out of those safety zone or those comfort zones you never grow in your comfort zone the only way you're going to grow is if you push yourself out of it and reach a new plateau and practice is the time for those pushing for that hard push. That's where you're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to push yourself to make errors. And then in practice, consciously, sorry, in a match, consciously dial it back a few percent. So it's, yeah, I, I remember talking, I was going to bring that up myself, Trevor. I forget what the, what the numbers are and the numbers are arbitrary. It doesn't matter, but it's exactly what Trevor said. You're, you should never be shooting a match at a hundred percent. 
because th- that if if you're doing it right, like Trevor just said, and correctly so, I, in my opinion, if you're doing it right, you're practicing to 100% in practice, and at 100%, you're going to mess up from time to time. So in your match, you're actually going to be faster if you bring it back to 90% because now you're not going to have those screw-ups because at 90%, you can do everything perfectly. That's yes. hard to do, though. Yep. It's hard to dial it back whenever you know you can go faster. And that's when you have to learn, where can I go as fast as I can without screwing up and where do I have to bring it back? So when you're transitioning between targets, you go 100% because you can run between targets as fast as you want and you're probably not going to trip because because we've all been running for as long as we've been alive. Well, when you slow down a little bit, fast. when you do your reloads. What's that, Trev? Yeah, you're going to learn how fast you can run past those targets in, in practice. Yeah, right? yeah, true. That's right. you got to yeah. run past them until you start missing them. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, now I know I've got to dial it back just a little right. bit. But if you yeah. practice safe, you're not going to grow. Practice to your no, failure you point. You don't right. practice and safe to failure. You, but practice, you, don't, you don't practice beyond your failure rate. You right. don't practice beyond 110%. If you do that, you're not learning anything. If yeah, which, all you're doing is screwing up. Yeah, yeah it, shouldn't, it. it shouldn't be the thing you're that you're finding it on. back a little bit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, it's important to back up when you find your, your screw up. That's right. Yeah, and if, so, you don't, if you don't know where that is, then some people go to a match and they're like, all right, it's a match. I got to try hard today. And then, oops, they've discovered their breaking point in a match yep. when it's not time to discover their breaking point. That's they right. learn that they just ran past that target array while shooting a little bit faster because they picked up a mic on the exiting target, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, the the what you guys are saying is true. Like, you got to, in, in practice is the time to develop and the time to find out where the failure point is. Um, I think the the thing for me is to after I find it is to dial it back and then practice at that speed a bit so that I, that I can confirm yep. that I am a hundred percent reliable at that yep. and then do the match at that. It's, it's yeah. the same in a lot of sports yeah. skills, like taking a slap shot. Holy geez. Yeah. I can send that puck flying at like 89 miles an hour, but I have no control over where it goes. But when I have a slap shot at 67, I can hit the top corner every time. I don't want to, you know, I need to eventually get the top corner at 74. Yeah. So I got to get that speed and then try and get the accuracy with that speed. So, yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah. it. Get the cool. accuracy, build the speed and then, yeah. And just practice. Cause I know, practice. I know a lot of uh, um, some of the, uh, some of the guys I shoot three gun with uh, are our listeners. And I would just uh, uh, recommend to those guys to practice because <laughs> most of the people aren't, most of the people are going to go to that match have not practiced between our March match and this April match, or maybe this is their first match of the year and they're going to drop shells on the ground. They're going to need those shells and they're going to get to the end of the uh, end of the, the shotgun stages um, short on ammo. And if they had practiced a little bit, um, the day before and got a little bit more familiar with the shell caddies and the feel of them, uh, that wouldn't happen. Or get a mag-fed shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> or get a mag-fed shotgun, yeah. <laughs> Practicing is for chumps. <laughs> I see guys I see guys on Instagram just doing these beautiful smooth quad loads and I'll drop a little snarky comment like dude, nice, almost as fast as a mag change. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be Yeah, neat. yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. It was especially for three gun, where you've got three guns where you could uh, uh, you could lose it all. So it's it's important to be proficient with all of those to the point where you're not going to. Yep, and I'd like to make just one final comment before we move on because it feels like we're moving on, uh, and that is to dispel the myth that perfect practice 
or no, practice makes perfect. And that's not the case. If you're practicing bad, bad habits, if you're practicing things that are wrong, if you're simply turning money into noise, you're not going to get any better. And practicing once a week, I've been told by experts is worse than not practicing at all. Really? It's not enough to, yeah, practicing once a week is not enough to retain anything. And it's actually counterproductive. Goes back to some of the Lanny Basham stuff that I've read. Mm-hmm. So um, practice with a purpose and practice with a plan and seek assistance to correct so that you can get better. Just if you're just going to press the trigger, that's not practicing. That's just spending money. Yeah. Look well, and if you're if you're new, you may not know what you need to practice or, or where you're leaving the most that's time right. behind. You're right. We're all new once upon a time. And none of us like we don't know what we don't know. So that's why I'm putting it out there. Go if you, you know, don't just go to the range and shoot your gun. Start now. Day one. You want to get better? Start finding ways to get better. Start making a plan. Go to websites, download download drills, download activities that you can do while shooting your gun, get your baseline, get some data, and then go from there. Awesome. Good point to end on. All right. Listener feedback. Do we have any uh, comments on the YouTube version? Yes. Derek Merriweather wants to know, aren't we getting made fed shotguns, Adriel? Yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Um. What else? Uh, there is from Greg May. He says that uh, the LAR mag- mags that we were talking about, he said that he got them with free shipping. So go out there and do that. Uh, Brad uh, B, he, Brad Brown, he wants to know about uh, gear question. He says, good optic for the Ruger Precision Rimfire Rifle. What's your thoughts on that, you guys? What do you want to do? Is it, it for CRPS? Yeah, what it, yeah. I would assume it is. If, if, if it's for CRPS, then, you know. <laughs> spend a grand and get in or, or two <laughs> and get something nice or get not a get a, vortex, you need venom, to. a high-end yeah. viper or a venom razor i mean uh uh didn't brian win one of the uh crps matches with like a one to five i'm uh, pretty sure the one of the inaugural ones won or got second in, yeah he uh, did because yeah. he was in, yeah he's in production yeah yeah so yeah, like that's like I I like the um oh man that's the other thing I was shooting gophers with that uh, that Cabela's Covenant I love it so much the field of view is so good on that thing it was mm. so nice shooting with that thing I and I had some other really nice scopes out there but I really preferred uh, that guy the other thing that it has is it got that Christmas tree uh, reticle and when you're shooting gophers and there's like a sand uh, backdrop to them you see the splash and like, oh, okay, that's, oh, it was on this mark here. I'll just move that mark onto the gopher and bam, one more trigger press and yep. you're good to go. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I love scopes with a good field of view. Um, watch for that because there are a lot of them out there that they're narrow and they're, they're useless. My oh, I got my, my 17 scope, which is also a Cabela's scope, uh, but they're, they're 17 HMR caliber specific one. And it's the complete opposite. It's got a very narrow uh, field of view, a very tight, like feeling yeah. scope and yeah. uh, does not feel as, as good as that uh, covenant does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also when we were talking about the doctor article, uh, somebody, Yukon 12 gauge, he said, my doctor thinks skeet would be fun, but can never get out. He's a busy doctor. So we need to get more doctors that are less busy and get them out. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Everybody after that was talking about Marty McFly. <laughs> of course. I'm Slacker. glad we're keeping it topical. Yep. All right. Why don't we head over to listener feedback? 
Listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And you can follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Matthew, do you want to take this first one from Fuselier? <laughs> Fuselier. Yep. It's been a long time since we heard from him. Nice mm-hmm. to see his name back in the emails. I'm playing catch up on a pile of back episodes. I think I had to catch up from last October. Well, now we know where you've been. I've been using a wet media separator for a couple of years to remove the stainless steel pins. I then have to lube my brass a little so that they don't get caught up on the powder uh, flare die on my Dillon Square DLB. Now Otherwise, he tells me. Huh? Now he tells me. <laughs> I just think this the hard way. Otherwise, the brass is so clean they hang up in the press. Trevor mentions adding a couple of shots of ballistol to the water as you remove the pins. Do you just mean a couple of shots from an aerosol can? Do you just add it to the water during the pin removal tumbling process? After the pins have been removed, uh, I expect it doesn't matter, but I can't help to be curious as to what you do. Also, where in Canada can we get ballistol by mail order? Cheers from Fusilier. Okay, so let's start with the ballistol. Here we go again. Another reloading thing with Trevor. All right. (laughs) So the Ballastall is now distributed by North Silva. So any of the gun stores in Canada that purchase from North Silva, like Denis, but his order isn't in yet, SFRC got their stuff in and sold out like immediately. Plus, they got a resupply. Okay, good. So they've got all kinds of different Ballastall products and uh, kits. Um, There's also a website called Ballastall Canada. That's where I used to get mine from. Pretty pricey, like $64 for four cans, but worth every penny. Now, Canada Ammo has it too. There you go. I saw it over there. Yeah. So I take my, my water and um, I take the aerosol can and I do a three Mississippi count. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. That's what I put in. That's what Captain Andy recommended and it works great. Then I take the um, the the drum from the tumbler and... Um, I then dump the brass with the pins into the basket, close up the basket, put the splash guard lid on top, and away I go. And then the pins go to the bottom, and the brass stays into the basket with a thin layer of ballastol that is imperceivable. You cannot, you don't know what's there. You can't feel it. Your brass doesn't. So you do can't it. perceive it, is what you're saying? It's imperceivable. Yes. Imperceivable. Un- interesting. <laughs> it's almost like you can't even tell it's there <laughs> wow um, and then um and then the brass goes through the press like butter i actually had to i was cleaning eight pounds of 40 at a time every three hours for a couple of days and a lot of it had to be um ballastalled if you will and all i did was put some water in my media separator put the ballastall in there and just put mm, fistfuls of brass in the basket and run it through the water and let it dry again. And it was good to go. How much hot butter could you run through your press though? Mm, hot butter. butter through my press. Well, mm. it doesn't have to be hot to go through the press. Deploy. Yeah, but hot butter's I, better. You're right. I could actually pour the hot butter down the um, case feeder tube as opposed to just jamming a, a block of butter, like a, you know, like okay, a so, so, sorry for the segue here, not even a segue, but the tangent and the rabbit hole. Did you guys see that video of the guy that used bacon grease to run his lawnmower? Yes. No. Was that not incredible? Mm-hmm. It actually worked, and it worked better than 10W30. 
Like really? in the in the block for for oil? Yes, yeah. for oil. Change the oil with bacon grease instead, and it worked way well. No, I wouldn't say way better, but it ended up being cleaner with hardly any carbon. And you imagine the smell? I'd I'd cut my ass <laughs> every day. Anyway, sorry, you talked about butter as well. It's it had to go to the bacon grease because there's nothing bacon grease can't do. I'm telling you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, amazing. Sorry. So yeah, that's. Uh, I hope that answers your question, Fuseler. Awesome. He's like, perfect, got it. Bacon grease in the press. Nailed it. <laughs> Bacon Speaking grease on the deals. Yeah. In- <laughs> instead of ordering those magazines, I went and ordered an inline fabrication ultra mount for my square deal. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. Sweet. Kelly, did you want to take this one from Edmund? Edmund? Okay. It says, hi, guys and gals. Uh, we're coming up on to episode 300. Congrats. It is going to be the modest 300. 300- is it going to be a modest 300 blackout or a thumping 300 Winchester Magnum? Speaking of 30 calibers, maybe you could have a segment about your favorite hunting rifles or perhaps battle rifles. Question for Adriel. Do you see many shotgun reloaders in three gun like the one in this video? He includes the video. Uh, I'm sure that you'll recognize the shooter. The video is four years old, but I haven't seen these reloaders around. Take care, keep up the good fight, and I look forward to the next 300 episodes, Edmund. And that's because those, uh, he's using the plunger style reloader on the bottom of the shotgun. It's a Jerry Michalik video. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those kind of loaders are toast because we have uh, mag-fed shotguns. Mm -hmm. So it's it's toast because of divisions. In three gun, if you're going open, you can run a mag-fed shotgun, and a mag-fed shotgun can run 10, 15, 20 round mags. And if you're in tech ops or something else, uh, one of the other divisions, you can't use those plunger loaders that load in five at a time. And you got the quiver of shotgun shells in those uh, in, in those caddies on the side. So that that used to be the hot way of running an open shotgun. And it is no longer the hot way of running an open shotgun. In the States, they'll run a, uh, a Vepr 12 gauge semi. Uh, or um, I've seen this with uh, oh, what's the name of that Rock Island Armory? They have uh, I think it's also it's it's also a Turk gun like we've got, but but uh, similar to the Typhoons and that kind of thing. And that's the way that you run open these days is a mag fed uh, semi automatic twelve gauge shotgun with a red dot on top. So that's why you don't see those those tube loaders anymore. We saw one at my last three gun, and uh, they only worked fifty percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, there's just, there's like some advantages to it. You can you can top them up. Uh, you can top up your shotgun, which you can't do with a with a mag. But um, with the uh, uh, pump action mags Sweet. around Canada, you can just yeah pop in a new one. Who cares? That's right. Okay, he does have a PS here. He said he forgot to mention that. He, I forgot to ask if the show is still supported by the links from Brownells and Cabela's. Uh, they're listed on your website, but it's not often mentioned on the show. I did recently make a purchase from Cabela's through the link, so hopefully it helps. Yes, they are, and thank you for your patronage. <laughs> we need to put that. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah. Keep forgetting about it. Should put it in like somewhere in our notes here, so we don't forget it. Uh, if you'd like to email the show, send an email over to slamfireradio at gmail uh, podcast app reviews. We don't have any reviews, but if you're listening to this on a podcast app, and you probably are, um, see if they've got some sort of review mechanism and try reviewing us on there. Helps uh, helps the podcast get a little bit more visibility and helps it uh, helps more people find out about it. And, Mer- and 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 Adriel will mail the first person who does it a sticker, <laughs> and I'll do that. Perfect. Uh, 
Shout outs. I, I didn't access the notes, but I do have one. I don't even know the order, but I'm just going to go. I'm rude like that. Uh, to Brian oh, Bolivar. you're at the top of the list. Don't worry. We know we know who to put first. <laughs> it's going to interrupt us anyways. <clears throat> I always right. come first, Matthew. Don't forget that. That's... So uh, to Brian Bolivar. Brian sent me out some Lee Enfield books, which I'm enjoying immensely. Oh, so nice. thank you, Bolivar. Cool. Any other shout outs? Yep. That's it. All right. On to Patreon supporters. Right now we have 85. Our newest Patreon is Sean M., He's sponsoring us for, is it five or 500? 500, $500, 500, 500, 500 million, <laughs> 500 million. It's an M and then a five. So it's 5 million. It's 500, but I made, I, I made Matthew promise to do some pretty bad stuff. Oh. <laughs> Think, things that Kelly won't even do. Oh, that's nice. That's not a lot though. <laughs> <laughs> stuff you can't do that Matthew can. Oh, that's true. There oh, yeah, what is that? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, 50, 500, it's five. It's Anyways, five. Yeah. It's yeah. $5. Sweet. That's so cool. thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Patreon supporters, you should have received a patch or sticker in the mail. And if you haven't email the show at slamfire radio at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfire radio. Finally, please join one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on gun owners of Canada. And likes on Facebook. Right now we're at 2,119 likes. Have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> so if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.